Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, grace and peace, beloved of God. This is Pastor Deza Morrison, and we are saying a good God bless you and a good morning. Thank you all so much for joining us this morning for our Diane Travell's prayer and impartation call. This is the day that the Lord has made, and so we will rejoice and be glad in it. We are saying God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thank you all so much for being here this morning. We pray that you've had a good week last week. Pray that all is well with you. Pray that you had a good weekend. I know that God has been good to you. He can only be good because he is a good God. I pray that you've been faithful to your prayer post and to your prayer assignment and that you have been diligent in the things that God has put on your heart to pray and that you have been diligent to pray for the people that God has put on your heart to pray for. You know, the Bible tells us that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And uh, the reason why we pray is because prayer is the way that God uh, fulfills his will in the earth realm. And so God has desires of things that he wants done in the earth. And the way those things are done is he puts the desire in someone's heart and they pray those desires. And God responds to the prayer thus allowing um, he comes into agreement uh, with what he has already said. And so that's why prayer is so important. It's because uh, prayer uh, doesn't necessarily, well, it doesn't change God. It doesn't change God, but it it allows us to uh, come into agreement with him, thus, allowing God to move on our behalf. Prayer is the most powerful weapon on the earth. Yes, it is. Prayer, prayer is. Prayer is. But you've got to have faith, and you have to understand the principles of prayer, and uh, it's just, just so very critical and so very vital. So I pray that you've all been uh, on your prayer post. I pray that you've been praying for me. Every time I pray, I pray for you. Every time I pray. I pray for you. The Lord has been dealing with me. Well, let's say this. I want to say thank you all so much for your prayers over our weekend assignments. Uh, We traveled to Richmond, Virginia uh, last week on Thursday, and we were in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina on Sunday. So I thank God for all of you who were praying uh, for us. I'm not sure if she's on the line, but one of our prayer partners uh, Sister Robson Scotland, you all always hear me say her name. She's always with us for prayer. She recently moved to Charlotte from the Philadelphia area, and so she came to be with us, and it was just so good to see one of our faithful prayer partners. So if you're on the line this morning, Robson, I love you. Thank you so much for being with us. And for those of you who weren't with us, but you were praying with us and for us, or maybe you watched it on the uh, on the uh, Internet, uh, thank you so much for your prayers. Um, God's been dealing with me about the family, and I feel very strongly that this coming year and even before this year is out, because often, you know, once we get towards the end of the year, you know, we we start decreeing and declaring what God is going to do next year. Well, I know and you know that God doesn't need a whole lot of time to do anything. (laughs) He can change your whole life in an instant. Oh, somebody need to catch that and say amen. I said God can change your entire life in an instant. And so I believe, brothers and sisters, that God is um, 
going to save families. I believe entire families are going to get saved. I believe, and I want you to release your faith and, and allow your faith to catch up with this word that just as God saved you, just as God changed your life, I believe that God's going to do that for your family. I want you, brothers and sisters, to begin drawing your attention to your family. I want you to, uh, in your prayer time, begin to be uh, sensitive to uh, what it is that God wants you to pray for, for specific people in your family, whether it's your spouse. What is it about your spouse that God wants to do? What can you uh, stand in the gap? or on behalf of your spouse. What does your spouse need? Is your spouse in need of healing? Is your spouse in need of salvation? Is your spouse in need of deliverance? What is your spouse in need of? What is your, what is your children in need of? Are your children wayward? Have they lost their mind? Have they gone out of the ark of safety? Have they turned away from everything that they know is right? Are your children, are they dealing with addiction? Are they trapped in perversion? What are your children dealing with? What are, what's happening with your parents? Are your parents sick? Are your, are your parents ill? Are, are your parents uh, depressed? Are, 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 are your parents dealing with uh, alcoholism? Are they dealing with addiction? What is your family? What about your cousins? What's happening with your cousins? Are your cousins on drugs? Are your cousins on the street? Are your cousins in jail? What, what's happening with your grandchildren? Are your grandchildren, um, uh, are, are they having problems in school? Are, are, are they not confident enough? Are they having an, a gender identity crisis? What's happening with your What is happening to people who are connected with you? God has put this on my heart that our assignment right now in this hour, we are turning our attention away from ourselves and we are turning our attention onto our family members. Well, Pastor, my family is saved. Well, glory be to God. Ask God to give you a burden for somebody else's family. I'm telling you that God has put this in. When he puts it in my spirit like this, it's because it's something, hallelujah, it's something that he wants to happen. God wants it to happen. Well, you may have extended family. Your church may be part of your family. Your pastor, what's happening with your pastor? Is your pastor sick? Is your pastor ailing? What's happening with some of the church members? What's going on with them? I'm telling you, God said to pick up a prayer burden. And we are going into a prayer vow for our families. We are praying for the salvation of our family members. I have some scriptures that I want to read with you. You're going to read them with me. Go with me. I have three. Go to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. And we're going to start at 24. Mark chapter 7, verse 24. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. It says, Then Jesus left Galilee and went boat and went north to the region of Tyre. He didn't, he didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. Right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. 
Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit. Her little girl, her little girl, her daughter was possessed by an evil spirit. And she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Since she was a Gentile, born in Syrian Phoenicia, Jesus told her, first I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plate. Good answer, he said. Now go home, for the demon has left your daughter. And when she arrived home, she found her little girl quietly lying in bed, and the demon was gone. Here, uh, brothers and sisters, we what, what's happening in this particular passage of Scripture is that um, Jesus, he, he's traveling. And uh, in his travels, word gets out that, that he's in town. And then there is this Gentile woman. Um, and you have to know that uh, Jews did not mix with Gentiles. Uh, it was like uh, how we would think of like, a, 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 what am I trying to say, Democrats and Republicans. But it was it was it was it was a very uh, different uh, great difference in their identity and their background, and so uh, this lady she it was wrong for her it was out of order for her to even be speaking to Jesus, but she was desperate. Somebody say she was desperate, and because she was desperate, she didn't care anything about. Uh, being proper, she didn't care anything about uh, being right. Something was wrong with her child, and she knew that Jesus had the answer. And so she went to him, and and she she drops down before him and begs him to heal her child, heal her daughter. And so on the surface. On the surface, it seems as if, you know, what Jesus is saying, the first time I read this, I'm like, this, I mean, like, Jesus, did you just call this lady a dog? Like, what's, what's happening here? This is why you have to really learn how to understand the scriptures and understand what's going on, because even though his words seemed harsh and unsympathetic, the woman recognized them as, as a open door to the throne of God. You know, Jesus, uh, he did not use the negative term for dogs that referred to like a scavenger. That's not what he was saying. Um, and, and, and the thing about it that I love is that, you know, she didn't even argue with, with being called a dog because it didn't, it didn't matter to her. Call me what you want to call me. Say what you want to say about me. My child is in need. And so the, so she has this attitude, this expectant attitude that Jesus is the one that can change the situation that's happening to her child. And, and brothers and sisters, I, I, what I want you to see 
is the faith and the desperation. What I want you to recognize is the faith and the desperation. This woman had faith and she was desperate. She knew that what she wanted and believed that Jesus could provide. And we can learn from this woman to stay resilient when it looks like the the answer for your family is not coming, when it looks like the answer for your child is not coming, when it looks like the answer for your family is not coming, you've got to stay resilient knowing that God does answer prayer. Now watch this. Excuse me. Watch this. The little girl didn't come on her on behalf of herself. Her mother came. Her mother came. And in and, and other words, her, her mother was saying, listen, I know that we don't deserve this, but I'm asking you to do this for me. Hallelujah. There are some of you this morning that have people in your family that have turned their backs on God. You have people in your family that have strayed away from God, and they're not praying anymore. They're not talking to God anymore. And so it is your responsibility and your obligation as an intercessor to say, God, I am standing in the gap on their behalf. Do it for me. Hallelujah. Do it for me. God, if you could have mercy on me, save my son. If you could have mercy on me, save my daughter. God, if you could have mercy on me. I know they don't lost their mind. I know they act like they don't know you. I know that they out in the world. I know that they strung out on drugs. I know that they're out there in the strip club. But Father, I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would do it for me. I'm asking that you would do it for them. But Father, do it on my behalf. Do it because I've been called according to your purpose. Do it because I know that you love me. Do it because you told me that my family would be saved. Do it for me. Father, do it for me. In the book of Mark, chapter 9, in Mark, chapter 9, starting at verse 14, here's another instance of a man who comes to Jesus for prayer. The Bible says in Mark chapter 9, 14, when they return to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding him and some teachers of religious law arguing with him. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. And what is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son to you so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And even this spirit seizes him. It throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, withering and foaming at the mouth. 
How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When G- I want to keep reading. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as the people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterwards, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out this evil spirit? Jesus replied, this can be cast out only by prayer. Now, this is loaded. Somebody say, this is loaded. Somebody say, somebody say, this is loaded. Now, uh, we don't know what what's happening in the life of the little girl in, in Mark chapter 7. All we know is that the daughter was possessed by an evil spirit. And so uh, what we know is that she was probably, we can gather that she was probably acting out. She was probably doing things that she wasn't supposed to do. Here, uh, what's happening here is that this boy is 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 really it's a demon, but but in in our own terminology, we would we would say that he was dealing with epilepsy, that 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 he was having uh, epileptic seizures is what was happening to him. And so, of course, in the Bible days, they didn't have that type of terminology. Now, I believe that it was an evil spirit, but I also believe that there was there was something going on neurolog uh, neurolog. Uh, it, with his brain, let me say it like because I'm getting my tongue my tongue tied this morning. It has something to do with his brain that was causing him uh, to have these seizures. And so the father brought the boy to Jesus. What am I trying to get you to see? What I'm trying to get you to see is that there are people in your family that's dealing with all kind of conditions. There are people in your family who are dealing with sickness. There are people in your family who have been possessed by evil spirits. But but the Bible is very clear that if we could have faith, the father says to him, this is what the father says. The father says, if you can do it, Jesus says, what do you mean if I can do it? Come on here, Zion. Somebody say, what do you mean? What do you mean if I could do it? What do you mean if I could heal him? What do you mean if I can do it? I can do it. The question isn't if I can do it. The question is, can you believe I can do it? See, 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 we have to remember, brothers and sisters, that God doesn't have a problem with addiction. God doesn't have a problem uh, 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 healing or, or delivering somebody uh, from terminal cancer, from terminal illness. God doesn't have, that's not an issue for him. The issue is can we believe? 
Can we believe that God is able? Can we trust God enough to know that our daughters and our sons and our uncles and our cousins are going to be saved? And some of you are saying, Pastor Morrison, it is difficult for me to pray for my uncle. I feel this under the auspices of the Holy Ghost. God, through this time of prayer, as we begin to pray for our families, God is going to begin healing some of you. Many of you need to be healed. Many of you need to be healed from uh, 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 tra- trauma. You, you had trauma, trauma from being uh, sexually molested by cousins, trauma from being sexually molested by uncles, trauma from being sexually molested by aunts. Come on here. And and, and so you're saying, you're asking me to pray for them, and I'm still dealing with the trauma. I'm still dealing with the scars. I'm telling you, healing is coming to your house, and it's starting with you. As you begin to pray for your family, God is going to begin healing you. I feel that so very strongly this morning that there are people that is on this line that God is going to heal you from molestation. God God is going to heal you from from the trauma of incest. God is going to heal you from the trauma of rape. As you begin to pray for others that are in your family that has abused you, I'm telling you, healing is coming to you. Now, I don't just believe in prayer without therapy. There are some of you in this season, God is going to make you whole. Hallelujah. God is going to do it for you. And as you engage in praying for other people, I want you to get the therapy that you needed from when you were 10 years old and you were traumatized by the molestation of your uncle when you were 15 years old and you were traumatized by the molestation of your aunt. Come on. God says that he's going, I feel this so strongly. Let's read one more verse and we're going to pray. Turn back over to Mark chapter five. Turn back over to Mark chapter five. Woo, I just felt the Holy Ghost on that. Healing is coming to you, people of God. Hallelujah. Healing is coming to you. Go back to Mark chapter 5, verse 20. Uh, let's see. No, not 20. I'm not 20. I'm in the 30s. Let's see. This is, this is so good here. It's, it's so much happening in Mark 5, but we'll, let's just start at 35. This, now, a, a couple of verses above here, uh, Jesus has just healed the woman with the issue of blood, all right? So now he, 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 uh, he's on his way, uh, and the Bible says in 35, while he was still speaking, messengers arrived from the house of Jairus the leaders of the synagogue. I'm sorry, someone just sent me, someone sent me a text message. Uh, While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the house of Jairus the leader of the synagogue, they told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. So uh, this is Jairus, and he's coming to Jesus. Uh, because, And the few verses above that, 
he came to Jesus because his daughter was sick. And now the people are coming saying, listen, don't even bother the master because not only she's not just sick, she has passed away. He said, there's no use. There's no use. Listen, 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 listen to me. There are some of you who have family members and people are saying there's no use praying for them. Come on. Some of you have people in your life, and, and on the outset, it looks like there is no use for people to even, uh, 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 people saying, you wasting your time on them. You wasting your time on your cousin. He's too far gone. You wasting your time on your sister. She's too far gone. You're wasting your time on them. They are too far gone. There are people in your life that's telling you, why are you still praying? You might as well leave them to what they want to do because there is no use. It is dead. It is over. They're not going to do right. They don't want to do right. Let me tell you something. God did not give up on me, and I'm never going to give up on my family. I'm never going to give up on my brother. I'm never going to give up on my children. I'm never, Come on, somebody. Somebody, you got to have it in your spirit. I'm never going to. God didn't give up on me, and I'm not going to give up on them. They came to Jarius. They said, don't even worry about it. Let it alone because she dead. Ain't nothing nobody can do. There are some people I know. You've got aunts in your family where people are saying, ain't nothing we can do. We just got to let her be how she is. You do not stop praying for them. The Bible says that when Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, now, 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 now watch this. Why would Jesus say, don't be afraid? Why would Jesus say, don't be afraid? He, 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 he said, don't be afraid because, because, because when, when, when our family, when people are speaking to us, Fear comes upon us. When people begin to talk to us, we begin to, 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 to believe what they're saying, and fear overtakes us. So the Bible says that Jesus says, no, 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 don't you fear, have faith in me. The Bible says then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go in except Peter, James, and John, the brother of Jesus. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw the commotion, weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child is dead. The child isn't dead. She's only sleeping. The crowd laughed at him. See, <laughs> come on. Are y'all catching this by the Holy Ghost? There's people that's laughing at you because you're still believing God for your husband. There are people laughing at you because you're still believing God for the deliverance of your family members. Listen, let them laugh. Listen, because, <laughs> because he's preparing a table before you in the presence of those that have laughed at you. Listen, let them laugh, but you keep on praying. The Bible says that they laughed at Jesus. Now, if they laughed at Jesus for believing, what do you think people are going to do to you? If they laugh at Jesus because of what he said, what do you think people, I'm, believe, I'm standing in proxy for my sister. I know that she's sick in her body. I know she is dealing with epilepsy. I know that she is dealing with chronic uh, chronic bronchitis. I know that, that, that my son is dealing with addiction. I know my daughter is dealing with perversion. I know my cousins are on drugs. I know it, but I'm going to stand 
stay right here. I know people are laughing. I'm not going to stop praying for my family. Hallelujah. I believe, brothers and sisters, and we're getting ready to pray. I believe that this is the heart of God concerning us in this hour. God wants us to turn our focus onto our families. He wants us to use this prayer power that we have for our families. God wants us to do it, and he says that if we would pray, these kinds, hallelujah, will be changed through prayer. These kinds will be changed through our faith when we come into divine agreement with him. And so let me read this. And so they, they laughed at Jesus. But he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Well, what does that tell us? What that tells us is that what you are believing God for, everybody's not going to believe with you. What you are believing God for, everybody can't come with you. What you are believing God for, you cannot share. Everybody can't know about it. You got to have you the people who got faith. Listen, you got to have people who have faith like you have faith. You got to have people who believe like you believe. And so the Bible says that he goes into the girl's room. He, he held her hand, and he says, Talithe Kume, which means little girl arise. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around, and they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give the girl something to eat. Jesus takes this baby by the hand and says, Talitha Kume. In other words, daughter, arise. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, that there is a prophetic word in your belly to your family. Listen, the prophet may not come to your family, but your family has you. The preacher may not come to your family, but your family has you. You are waiting on, listen, your family may not get to the church, but you are the church for your family. You have got to be the one that say, Talitha Kume. You've got to be the one to say, daughter, arise. You've got to be the one that say, arise out of this. And even while everybody else thinks that there is no hope, I prophesy over your life uh, that before this year is out, uh, you are going to see a divine turnaround in your family, uh, in your immediate family. Uh, I'm telling you to cousins twice removed uh, you because change is coming uh, because of your prayer life. Uh, I want to encourage you this morning, brothers and sisters, uh, sisters and brothers, uh, your prayer life is bringing deliverance to your household. Uh, your prayer life is bringing deliverance to your bloodline. Uh, your prayer life is bringing healing to your household. Uh, your prayer life is bringing change to your family. Uh, because you prayed, uh, come on, Moses. Uh, come on, Aaron. Uh, it only took one person. Uh, all it took was one person to stand in the gap. Uh, and God answered the prayers for many people on behalf of one person's prayer. My question to you is, will you be that one person in your family that say, if I got to pray for the rest of my life, I'm going to pray. If I got to fast for the rest of my life for my family, I'm going to fast. Because I know that if God saved me, 
He can save my family. I know that God is a healer and he can heal my family. He can heal my mother. He can heal my grandmother. He can heal my father. He can heal my children. He can deliver my daughter. He can deliver my son. He can save my family. If God did it for me, I know that he can do it for my family. So I'm not going to give up while people laughing at me. I'm going to keep on praying. While they talking about me, I'm going to keep on praying. And I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to love them. I need somebody to say that in your spirit. I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to love them. And those that I need to forgive, I'm going to forgive them. Because I'm not going to get stuck in what they did for me to me. Because their soul is too important to be lost. I want their soul to be saved. I want their minds to be delivered. I want their bodies to be healed. And so, Father, now in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. Father, we thank you so much for being just, for being true, and for being lovely, and for being honest. We thank you that there is no failure in you. We thank you that there is no fault in you. We thank you that you are magnificent. We thank you that you are wonderful. We thank you, Father, that all things exist because of you. We know, Father, that the reason we are here is because you want us here. Father, we give you praise this morning. Hallelujah. We come asking God in the name of Jesus that you would forgive us of our sins. I come asking, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would forgive us of our trespasses. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, this morning, we come today standing in the gap for our family members. Oh, God, there are some people in our family, Father, that are sick. There are some in our family, God, that the doctors have given over. The doctor said, God, that there is no way that they're coming back. Oh, God, but we're standing in the gap, God, for those that are sick, God, those that are sick with lupus, those, God, that, that are sick with lupus. Leukemia, those that are sick with lymphoma, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're praying for those, oh God, with black lung disease. We're praying for those with lung cancer. We're praying for those, God, with tumors in their bodies. Father, there is nothing, there is nothing that you cannot do. So, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will look on those that are sick in our families. We, God, we stand in proxy for them. We are standing in divine belief for your healing for them. In the name of Jesus, we're praying, God, for our wayward family members. We're praying, God, for our wayward sons and our wayward daughters. We're praying, God, for our wayward nieces and our wayward uncles. We're praying for our wayward cousins, God. Oh, God, those that have lost their minds, those, God, that have turned their back on you, those, God, that are in the grip of the enemy. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we call their names out. Come on, Zion. Begin to call their names out. Father, we're praying, God, for those that are dealing with 
alcohol addiction today. In the name of Jesus, come on, call out your family members with alcohol addiction. Call the names out that's dealing with drug addiction. Come on, call them out. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're calling out our wives. Oh, God, that's dealing with addiction today. In the name of Jesus, Father, you are able. Father, we're praying, God, for those in our family members that's dealing, God, with a sexual identity crisis. Father, that are dealing with gender identity. We call out our sons. Come on. Call them out. Call them out. Call them out. We call out our sons. We call out our daughters. We call out our brothers. We call out our sisters. Come on. Call them out. Call their names out. Begin to call them out. Call out the names of your friends. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we pray, God, that your light would come, God. In the name of Jesus, that they will see themselves for who they really are in you. In the name of Jesus, we come against spirits of perversion. In the name of Jesus, oh God, that are drawing our husbands away from you, that's drawing our wives away from you. In the name of Jesus, we break the back of the demon of perversion that is penetrating through our families. In the name of Jesus, oh God, we bring our daughters to you today. In the name of Jesus, we decree and declare that the enemy cannot have our daughters. The enemy cannot have our daughters. The enemy cannot have our granddaughters. The enemy cannot have our sons. He cannot have our grandsons. In the name of Jesus, come on, Zion, call them out. Call their names out. Call them out one by one. In the name of Jesus, pray for their salvation. Father, save their souls. Deliver their souls today. In the name of Jesus, work a new work in them. Father, we decree and declare in the name of Jesus, oh God, that before this year is out, we decree and declare great turnaround, and we decree and declare that 2022 shall be the year of the family. 2022 shall be the year of the family. Oh God, marriages are being restored. In the name of Jesus, sons and daughters are coming back home. Oh, I hear the Lord say to pray, pray, pray for the restoration of broken relationships with sons and daughters, with fathers and sons, with mothers and daughters. God is, come on, we're praying for reconciliation of broken relationships. There are some of you that don't speak to your mother. Oh, I'm praying for the relationship, for the reconciliation of relationship. There are some of you that's not speaking to some of your sisters. You're not speaking to some of your brothers. Oh, we're praying for reconciliation. In the name of Jesus, come on here. Pray for the reconciliation of broken relationships, broken relationships of mothers and daughters, fathers and sons. In the name of Jesus, sons and 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 and, and mothers and and daughters and fathers. Oh, we're praying for the reconciliation of broken relationships in the family. God, do it for the families. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. You can't pray to God, but don't speak to your children. Get it right. 
Get it right. You can't pray to God, but don't talk to your mother. Get it right. You can't pray to God, but don't talk to your father. Get it right. You can't pray to God, but don't talk to your brother. Get it right. You can't pray to God, but don't talk to your sister. Get it right. Oh, healing is coming to our families. Come on, say yes, Lord. Come on, say yes, Lord. Come on and say yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Father, we thank you. We ask God in the name of Jesus that you would not only hear our prayer, but that you would answer our prayer. We're praying for our loved ones who are in different countries, those that we've not seen, those that we've lost contact with. Father, we've lost contact with them, but you know exactly where they are. Cover them. Cover them and keep them in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would give us a heart of Christ concerning our family, that we would not walk in judgment and anger and bitterness because of who they are and how they are. But I pray, Father, that like Jesus, we would be concerned about their soul and that we would be able to love them in spite of who they are so that we can properly pray for them. Father, we don't want to judge. We want to love. We don't want to push away, God, but we want to pray. Father, we ask that you would cleanse our heart from all bitterness that we have in our heart towards any person in our family. We pray, God, that you would cleanse our heart from any uh, uh, anger that we have in our hearts towards our family members. Father, we confess right now, we confess our anger, we confess our bitterness, we confess our disappointment. Father, we want our hearts to be clean so that we can pray for them. God, you have called us to pray. And so, Father, we release it, whatever it is that has hindered us from having a relationship with our family, hindered us from having relationships with our brothers, our aunts, our uncles. Father, it is impossible for us to say that we love you, but we hate the one that we see every day. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're going to get it right. We're going to get it right with our aunts. We're going to get it right with our uncles. We're going to get it right with our cousins. We're going to get it right with our brothers and our sisters in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. We thank you for giving us the courage to pick up the phone, to make the phone call, to apologize to get it right, so that our channels will be clear when we pray. Hallelujah. Yes, God. And we give you praise and we give you glory. Bless our children today. Bless them as they go to school. Keep them in the hollow of your hand. Remember our grandchildren, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this great privilege and honor to be intercessors, to stand in the gap and to pray for others. We thank you that you just not only hear us when we pray, but that you answer us. Lead us and guide us throughout the remainder of this day. God, we pray that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart, that they will be forever acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, you are our strength and you are our redeemer. Let every heart that believes say in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you all with the love of the Lord. Walk with Jesus today. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. That's in my spirit. Pick up the phone. Make the phone call. Apologize. Clear the air so that when you pray, your channels will be clear. Get it right and get it right today. I love you. Walk with Jesus. God bless you. Shalom. Bye-bye.